Hey, I'm Aaron. Welcome to Trust Don't Verify. I'm here with Carter and Brett. This is the show where two of us tell a story, one of us is telling the truth, and it's up to the decider to determine who that person is. Carter, Brett, say hello. Hello. Hello to you. And this week, you are the decider. Yes, I am. And I was hoping you guys would say hello in unison. <laughs> Let me down. But that's okay. Um, today, <laughs> how would we know that? Today, Brett and Carter are going to be telling their stories and I am going to be judging. Who wants Did, to go uh, first today? Well, hold on a second, real quick. Did George, what was it? Was it George Bush who called himself the, uh, did he say like, I'm the decider? What, what did he say? What was this whole thing? George Bush said, fool me once, shame on you. You fooled me once. Can't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. And he said it just that confidently. And then he said, now watch this drive. Whoosh. Wasn't the same interview, but two all-time classic lines. Two all-time great lines. We can flip a coin or one of you guys can just pick. It doesn't matter to me. Oh, and who's going first? Oh, okay. Uh, let's go. Uh, fuck. Mine's going to suck. Okay. Let's just get this out of the way. I'll just, I'll just go hey, first. Hey, Siri, I'll flip go, a I'll coin. Go, no, I'll go first. I, um, she already flipped his tails. Tails never we fails. No one called right. anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Carter, Carter, you can go first. That sounds good to me. I'll just go ahead and go first. So you'll notice a theme by the time Brett goes. Um, the title of mine is also awful, and you're going to have to experience a fair amount of bad puns, for which I do not apologize. So this is Whoppers, and it's not a Dane Cook reference. Is that a question mark? Whoppers? It is. Oh, yes. good. Okay. It's it a is. question. That's Yes. Founded as Insta Burger King in the early 1950s, and later that same decade rebranded into what we know today, Burger King has a storied past. Insta Burger King is just confused branding, though. It's good that they changed it. You become the Instant Burger King. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> so, Burger King has a storied past. Even though you can undoubtedly name one item on the King's menu, you're probably familiar with more of their products and tasty treats than you might think. Mm. The 1950s seemed to be the golden age of burger franchises and perhaps even burger culture at large. The growing success of McDonald's inspired the burger and fast food renaissance, and the King was eager to carve out his own corner in the burgeoning burger industry. Insta Burger King was born in Jacksonville, Florida in 1953 after founders Keith J. Kramer and Matthew Burns took a pilgrimage to the original McDonald's location in San Bernardino, California. Keith and Matthew purchased two pieces of restaurant equipment called Insta Machines, which that shit just blew my mind. It's like a, it's like a 3D printer. It's just like instant machine. <laughs> yeah, what does it make? It's like the most the least specific thing I can think of. Here's it's I'm going to keep reading as it gets it. Let me read this paragraph and then I have a note on it. Okay. Two pieces of restaurant equipment called Instant Machines, thus inspiring the original name of the restaurant. The burger production model was based on one of the two machines, and we still see the ramifications of that purchase today with all of BK's advertising and burger options. The machine was known as the Insta Broiler. Broiling mm. was an instant success and became a cornerstone requirement for all franchises. What the fuck was the other Insta machine? Oh, I thought they just bought two broilers. Now that you're saying it, you're okay. probably right. I, I, yeah, okay. I was like, what's the other? It's like it was a Tesla. No, just, I was like, I just two, the other Insta machine. We, we bought one Insta broiler <laughs> and one time machine. Like, the machine didn't really take off. I'm so Couldn't really find a use. I was like, what's the other Insta machine? I only hear about the broiler. Yeah, right. It was two broilers. Okay. 
Sadly, the original Instaburger King was on the brink of financial collapse from mismanagement by 1959, where it was then purchased by two Miami, Florida franchisees, James McLemore and David R. Edgerton, which are the objectively hilarious names. The McLemore? (laughs) The James McLemore. I'm going to flip some burgers. Hmm. Oh, that sucks. sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He probably is doing that now. This sucks. They probably renamed and restructured the restaurant into the franchise we know today. Thus, the true king was born. Did you say they probably? Or did you say they probably? Promptly. I thought you said they probably. (laughs) Really phoned it in. Thus, the true king was born, the Burger King. McLemore and Edgerton independently ran the company for eight years, expanding to over 250 locations in the United States before selling the company to Pillsbury in 1967. But while this sale will come into play soon, the true meat of the story predates the company's acquisition by the beloved dough and pastry giant. Now, here's where it gets interesting. You see, in the golden age of burgers, there was a lesser known but often associated sub-kingdom that had its roots deep in the American burger culture, a faithful companion to the staple meat and buns food source beloved by millions of hungry citizens. No, not the French fry. I'm speaking, of course, of the malted milkshake. At this point, I'm sure you're thinking, I know for a fact BK did not invent the milkshake. That has been around since the creation of ice cream. Probably. I thought that verbatim. (laughs) You are correct, probably. The king and his (laughs) humble subjects did not create the milkshake. They did, however, create an unexpected twist. Perfected. Have you you ever had a malted milkshake? (laughs) Yeah. No, it sounds sounds disgusting. I just had one, I think, like last year or so. Uh, I think they just add like some sort of powder in there. Yeah, it it tastes just like a milkshake to me. I couldn't. couldn't what What is malt? I've had malted milk balls. It's like a wheat like, or yeah, something, right? Like whoppers. I guess it oh, would yeah. just make it more thick. P-H-I-C-C. I'm interested. Whoa. <laughs> Sign me up. Damn, that shake is thick. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it's kind of nice. He and his humble subjects did not create the milkshake. They did, however, create an unexpected twist on that concept to complement their most lauded item. That item being the Whopper. The Whopper, in all of its charbroiled glory, was created as the premium burger option in 1957 by original owners Keith J. Kramer and Matthew Burns. They let these bozos back in? They ran it into the ground. No, no, no. This is before it got sold. This is just giving a detail of where the Whopper came from. Oh, okay. Sorry. (laughs) So they read it in 1957, and this was becoming the first addition to the standard menu the company launched with. It still reigns supreme today as the central menu item and hottest seller more than half a century later. But as we know... Two years after the creation of the Whopper, Kramer and Burns would be forced to sell the company due to financial mismanagement. However, their premium burger creation in and of itself was a resounding success. Ironically, even though the new owners, McLemore and Edgerton, righted the ship of profitability and sustainability, their first major menu addition, an item designed solely to be a loyal subject and companion to the new king of burgers, was somewhat of a flop, at least when it was on the BK menu. Is it no longer on the menu? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I was thinking original chicken sandwich. You talk about that long boy, that long boy chicken sandwich. Oh, man. <laughs> the, long, the long boy. <laughs> the long boy. With like so Oof. much mayonnaise you can Fuck, barely I'm eat it. I, I uh, went and got one of those like, <laughs> I got one of those like three <laughs> weeks ago. I drove uh, to the Burger King in, uh, in Shore Pump and uh, I was like on my lunch break. And like, uh, I just, it's so fucking good. Like it still holds up. Yeah. It's weird. Well, here's where it all gets strange. That item was surprisingly what we all still know to this day as Whoppers. 
That's right. The malted milk ball candy was first introduced for consumption in 1961 by Macklemore and Edgerton as a tasty addition to the Whopper combo meal. Wow. The look on Aaron's face is incredible. <laughs> According to Macklemore, in an interview done with Nation's Restaurant News Magazine in 1971, given to the publication after he and Edgerton had sold the company in 1967, the idea was to add a creative, easy to store and produce, and convenient sweet treat to pair with the Whopper. On paper, this made sense. McDonald's head start and brand recognition made them a constant hog of the market share for people looking to satiate their lust for a burger. Thus, it was incumbent on BK to forge their own path and embrace unique opportunities they where they could. Burger? Right, go ahead. Is that what you're Somebody... They were burger <laughs> fuckers. Burger fuckers. <laughs> if you had to fuck one, you got to fuck the king. Macklemore went on to explain further that he felt the imagery of the burger, fries, and milkshake meal was becoming somewhat of a staple association with McDonald's. And while he didn't want to deviate too far from those core ideas, and let's face it, who can blame him? Those things just work together. He and Edgerton did feel it would behoove them to explore new vectors, closely related, but innovative and different enough to be unique to their own brand and public image. So they solidified the milkshake into a ball. Kind of like... Think about modern day. You have Taco Bell with those cinna- yeah. cinnamon, cinnamon twist twists. Those are good. It's just like it doesn't make sense, but it's just sometimes you get those pairings I'd, uh, for whatever reason. And thus the Whoppers with that Whopper ad campaign rolled out to the public and the treat itself was met with a mixture of confusion and a disappointingly <laughs> tepid result. <laughs> that's. I feel like that's the normal reaction to Whoppers. It's just like, what is this? Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Which I like Whoppers. I do like Whoppers, but like most people are, are you just talking like about the candies or the or the plural sandwich. The candies. <laughs> the plural sandwich has a similar response <laughs> among among certain <laughs> groups. I'll eat it, I guess. I get these on Halloween. What else? You know, might as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bag soggy. Yeah, I like to hand out fucking cheeseburgers to the kids. An article in the Restaurant Business Magazine detailing and critiquing the new dessert on release lamented Whoppers as a poor substitute for dessert and confusingly named. The addition to the menu was widely panned and many considered it an interesting oddity at best. Of course, they used to have like fast food restaurant review quarterly. They well, but it sounds like almost academic in nature. Before the Internet, there was just magazines covering a bunch of shit. (laughs) That's true. That's a good point, actually. Of course, there were some people that enjoyed Whoppers, but it did little to brand itself as a staple item in the burger industry, nor at adding any especially helpful name recognition to Burger King's image as a whole. whole. Especially because milkshakes themselves were still offered on the menu and were by far a more popular choice as a pair with burger and fries. Regardless, Whoppers did manage to garner enough interest to remain profitable. And as Macklemore stated previously, they were cheap to produce and store. Good? Oh, God. No, I was just going to do that. (laughs) Look, I was just going to try to make a Macklemore like song again. I mean, but it sucks. Doesn't it suck? <laughs> you're like, you're like, my first Macklemore joke didn't land as much as I wanted it to. I got to do another Macklemore joke. No, just which, for, which just song were you going to bury? It's like, it's like he has the song. He has the song about like accepting people for who they are. And Brett was going to like turn that into a parody of like accepting the Whoppers yeah, candy just, for just the shit it. that just it is. Just Brett, the going. floor is yours. Let's hear. No, just just you, oh my god, take, take what you need. Can we just have Chat GPT like do my part? Can Chat GPT just be the <laughs> just <laughs> no burgers without whoppers damn right i support it <laughs> Aaron just punched up your fucking joke <laughs> oh god i just had to oh, see one of my best friends get joke cocked i love it <laughs> don't joke cuck me i might come <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs>
<laughs> That's amazing. Uh, so the second premium addition to Burger King's offerings sat on the menu until the franchise's acquisition by Pillsbury. In the second what? I'm sorry. Premium edition. Pre- oh, sorry. The Whopper being the first. Until the franchise's acquisition. And the Whoppers being the second. second. I, I'm going to touch on all this. I'm going to touch really, on all this. This Go is ahead. just my favorite sequel naming convention as opposed to like Whopper 2. Just like make it plural. Alien, aliens. Whopper, whoppers. At least those things have something to do with each other. But yeah. again, I'm going to touch on this name being rather confusing. But It's incredibly confusing. As is the case with many changes in ownership, Pillsbury decided to revamp their newly acquired product and brand, and thus Whoppers were removed from the menu. Not the Whopper, but Whoppers. However, as we all know, that was not the end of the, in my opinion, terrible candy. Perhaps most fittingly of all, Pillsbury sold the naming and manufacturing rights to Chocolate Superpower Hershey in 1970, and they have been producing the stalwart of bad Halloween candy ever since. In the modern era, where trademark law sometimes strays into borderline ridiculous territory, such as Skype being unable to get an EU-wide trademark on its name because Sky News claimed that Skype is too similar to their own brand name and that they have a trademark on the word Sky, or Taco Bell being unable to advertise at any point in its history with the words Taco Tuesday, since apparently some place in Minnesota no one has ever heard of called Taco John's has a trademark on those two words in conjunction. It seems particularly... Also LeBron. Also LeBron, yeah. He had a weird thing (laughs) where he wanted to trademark that. It seems particularly odd and compelling that there was no forced restructuring of the Whopper's name as it was unceremoniously annexed from the BK menu and propped up with a new family in Candyland. Though I was unable to locate any confirming legal documents on the transfer of ownership concerning that particular brand, I believe it is fair enough to consider that that the name recognition built over its years on the BK menu was the sole thing that could really entice Hershey to purchase the rights to the item. The recipe, like many recipes as time progresses, was changed slightly from what it had been the BK days, mostly adjusting to a slightly smaller size and different shape, and now these days using different ingredients from the chocolate that was used in the original incarnation. Different shape. Was it like a Lego brick shape before? It was more of an egg shape and not just a... Oh, they still do those in Easter baskets. I say they. My mom. Cute. Yeah. Whoppers, true to their strengths of cheap to produce and store, remain on the shelves one letter separated from their famous burger, Big Brother. Hmm. There we go. Hmm. One of them was a That was a whopper of a story, Carter. Thanks. Up next is Brett. He's going to be telling us another punny story, I'm sure. But before um, he does, <laughs> 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 I have to use the bathroom. Could we take a quick break, gentlemen? Please. I'm so sorry. I'll be right back. Right, you're up. <laughs> One All right. This is a brief history of the filet fish If it's possible to keep such a history brief. A rich and storied past indeed. Yeah, I've got like a, I've got like a 12-page paper here, so I'm just going to condense this down just, just uh, do the into spark a, a short... Yeah. yeah, I'm just going to give you the spark notes here, so that's why mine is a little bit shorter. It's incredible uh, that you can do that without having writing that yeah, mentally. either. You mentally, yeah. as you're reading the full thing, you can condense it. Yeah, I'm a genius. Um, he's a, and he's a speed reader. And modest. Yeah, the most modest. Here we go. When you roll up at a McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Go on. <laughs> what does Donald Trump order? Asked Anderson Cooper. A fish delight, responded Trump. This televised exchange at a 2016 scene. <laughs> this is true. I believe it. This is true. I, this I is true. It. What the fuck? This is true. This televised exchange at a 2016 CNN town hall in Columbia, South Carolina, set the internet ablaze. The quote, fake news and internet sleuths alike took a deep dive into the history of fast food fish dishes in search of Trump's so-called fish delight. <laughs> Was this a lie, a slip of the tongue, or some sort of secret menu item available only to the coastal elite? <laughs> the Rothschilds. <laughs> <laughs> Coastal. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Because it's fish. It was a bold choice to challenge the Golden Arches Golden Child, as there are few people more well-versed in McDonald's menu items than former clown-in-chief Ronald McDonald This is amazing. Wait, is the Golden Child Trump? Oh, I thought the golden child was the Big Mac. Oh, it's amazing. Please continue. At least that's what a lot of people are saying. They've said he knows McDonald's probably better than anyone else. Frankly, Obama knew nothing about McDonald's. Nothing. They don't have McDonald's in Kenya. <laughs> he says he's been to McDonald's. I don't see a receipt. What did he buy? Oh, uh, former President Trump uh, just made his way onto the uh, onto fish the delight into the uh, recording. Afternoon fish delight, <laughs> and it is delightful. <laughs> and what a delight it is! There's two Trumps here. Holy shit! Keep it in your pants. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't long before we learned the unfortunate truth. As Food and Wine magazine put it, and this is true, quote, you can't just keep saying that. <laughs> you can't say you can't. Yeah, no, this is true. This Everything is true. I said is true as well. <laughs> Brett's really selling it here, Carter. I don't. It's not looking so good for you. <laughs> because legally, if it's I say true, it's true, I mean, he makes a compelling <laughs> argument. <laughs> if you just say this is true before every sentence, you can't lose. Because <laughs> Carter didn't say it was true. How do I know is this true? I'll allow it. Go watch yourself, counselor. Uh, look, this is true. This is what Food, Ma Food and Wine magazine says. Quote, multiple news agencies are reporting that nothing called a fish delight actually exists on the fast food chain's menu. End quote. Some mocked him. Others expressed remorse that we were left with the poor man's fish delight, the filet fish Fishgate. <laughs> Thus, it was dubbed Fishgate. <laughs> <laughs> was that real or are you just making a joke off what I just said? Yeah, it's just oh, a joke. Okay, it was like, real oh, too. Oh my God. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah, it was real. <laughs> and this is true. <laughs> and this is true. <laughs> but this deep fried fish from the deep blue sea has a tale worth telling. <laughs> oh my God, this sucks. <laughs> This so so the origin uh, of the filet fish is actually uh, deeply rooted in Roman Catholicism. I wish in I could doubt that, but I actually know where you're going with this. I actually do, <laughs> but, but please continue. 
<laughs> oh, God. All right. We'll see. Uh, in 1955, the first McDonald's franchise opened. In, now, I want to get your guys' opinion here. It's Des Plaines, right? It's not Des Plaines. It's Des Plaines because you got in, Des Moines. In, in, in Illinois? Yeah, in Illinois. I came straight out Des Plaines for sure. So you, we, it, it, we agree it's Des Plaines? I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Open in Des Plaines, Illinois. Well, hold and, on now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we agree on that state. We agreed on the city. Yeah, De, De Plain, Illinois. And a fast food frenzy began to spread throughout the country shortly thereafter. It was around this time in 1959 that an Ohioan by the name of Lou saw an ad for franchise opportunities in Restaurant Magazine. Quote, one was for McDonald's 15-cent hamburgers. The other was for Beverly Osborne Chicken Delight. I said to my wife, if we do this, we'll be eating a lot of these. Would you rather, have, would you rather eat hamburgers or eat chicken? End quote. She picked hamburgers. Naturally. And so, and so he opened Cincinnati's first McDonald's, only to find that two years later, the restaurant nearly this went This is under. Lou, right? Do you have Lou's last Lou. name? Lou... Garrick's Disease. Named after the famous baseball player, of course. (laughs) One and the same. Uh, He found that two years later, the restaurant nearly went under. It wasn't because the burgers were bad, but because the Cincinnati neighborhood that his restaurant was in was 87% Roman Catholic. So uh, due to the the Catholic practice of abstaining from meat on Fridays for Lent, he watched his hamburger sales fall while sales of a nearby chain's uh, fish sandwich rose. And at this point in its history, said, McDonald's on. only you offered... Said, yeah. So this is, what I was, this is what I was alluding to earlier. Roman Catholics don't eat meat on, you said Sundays? Right. Fridays. But they don't count fish as meat. Correct. Mm. There's some math there that I'm not sure I, I'm capable <laughs> of understanding. Yeah, that's the only math questionable about uh, like... Catholicism, yeah. Kind of stuff yeah, because like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's mm. lots of math around like how many children, which diocese, and how many transfers can you have before you get to become Pope? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) we'll cut cut these guys. (laughs) This is going to be a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Making it short. Okay, so uh, at this point in its history, McDonald's only offered burgers for entrees and stuck to a very specific menu, which I'm sure you saw probably in in the founder. Uh, They were like pretty uh, pretty strict on on people uh, messing around with the menu. Um, But Lou took a cue from the restaurant selling a fried fish sandwich and decided to take the batter into his own hands. Oh, my God. Oh my god! <laughs> so he uh, he he made he made the filet fish, um, and he also made the tartar sauce. And he took himself. it down to McDonald's headquarters himself. He then took it down to McDonald's headquarters and presented it to the controversial CEO and uh, focus of the movie, the founder Ray Kroc, who at that time was actually cooking up his own non-meat meal. Uh, but Ray was impressed enough with the fish sandwich that he was willing to make it the first new addition to the McDonald's menu under one condition. Lou's filet fish had to outsell Ray's new hula burger, which uh, 
was a cold bun with a piece of pineapple Deal. on it. I'll take that bet. <laughs> I'll take that bet. Yeah, I imagine my my regular sandwich will outsell that. Hula yeah. burger, raw pineapple Hula on a burger. on an unheated bun, delicious. <laughs> yeah. So on one otherwise non consequential Friday, Lou sold over three hundred and fifty of his filet fish, blowing the hula burger out of the water. Mm. On that day, the filet fish fought and earned its place on the McDonald's menu, and the rest is fishery. <laughs> God, I'm gonna turn my mic off. <laughs> Brett should be a writer every time. That's amazing. You guys ever see Spy Kids too, where Steve Bush- Steve Buscemi says, "Do you think God stays in heaven because he's afraid of what he's created?" He's talking about Brett. <laughs> that I I love that I put in a couple puns and we did not conspire at all. And I was like, oh, okay. This yeah, is true. We didn't conspire. And this There's is true. No we didn't conspire. Brett comes out fucking with haymakers for puns the whole time. That was absolutely that brilliant. That was great. I love that. Was, that I was very that. good. Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, Go ahead. God. You can do whatever you can want. I, I just want to say to uh, uh, Trump's McDonald's order, um, for, for those of our uh, listeners who don't know, uh, apparently uh, two Big Macs, Two filet fish and a large chocolate milkshake. Kind of light. That's like a standard, a standard order. No fries, yeah. though. Kept No carbs. Don't worry about it. No carbs. Yeah, no fucking no four buns. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the Big Mac has more buns than any other kind of burger. It's got a fucking extra one in the, the middle. Extra bread. A carb sponge in the middle. Oh, I was a little confused. Do you think it's, is it filet fish like Attorney yes. General or is it filet no. fishes? Filet-O-Fish. It's filet fish. Okay. It's filet fish. Filet-O-Fishes is a lovely Irish man. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Those were, those were interesting. Um, Thanks, Aaron. You sound like you mean it. <laughs> those were good. They were really good. So, all right. So, now who was telling the truth? I have a theory. And I'm happy to delve into it, but I won't. So you don't have a theory. I'm gonna. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a theory. I don't know how well founded it is, but my guess. You're locking the guess locking now, in or the you guess. just waxing poetic? I'm, lock, I'm locking wow. in the guess. I feel. I feel. You're not gonna talk us through I'll your reasoning. Through, I'll talk yeah, through yeah, after. Yeah. Everybody gets to have their own wow. flow on this show, okay? Everybody. Wow. He stole my whole fucking. Flow. I'm about to. That was what the fuck was, was that? that? <laughs> was. That was uh, Drake, or uh, excuse me, uh, Soldier Boy when he went on. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, he was talking about Drake. Uh, I gotta rewatch that one. I mean, when Drake <laughs> when good. Drake released Pretty Man Swag, I did yeah, think right. this sounds a little bit like the Soldier Boy song, Pretty Boy <laughs> Swag, of course. Yeah, but so I'll give my reason, mm-hmm. but I want to put the guess out there and I want to see. All right, so you're locking this in. I'm locking it in. All right, I believe. The truth teller this week on Trust Don't Verify was none other than Billy Brett. Use my full legal name. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you, sir, are correct. You are correct. Yeah, let's let's hear what what uh, what gave it yes. away. So was it that my story was literally called a whopper? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. 
This was hard. I want you guys to know that this was fucking hard. I thought your story, for what it's worth, was incredibly believable. Hmm. I thought it was a very... It, it made sense... So, so two, two things. Fuck this game. The first thing... <laughs> the first thing was um, at the end, when you brought up copyright law, that actually hurt you a little bit. In my book. I had to say something. Because you were like... I, if you hadn't said anything, I might not have even thought of it. Because if Hershey's buys it, I just assume they're buying the copyright too. Um, but then you brought it up and you like, maybe I just misheard, but I thought you like alluded to the, the fact that there could be copyright implications there. No, I said that I think that the name was the only reason Hershey's had interest. Oh, okay. Well, then it's, then that, <laughs> my mishearing or misunderstanding of what you said had, had a large part of my decision. Um, but the other part of it was that- Fuck my life. The other part of it was that I had- I had heard somewhere before, not about the filet of fish specifically, but that Catholics don't eat meat on a particular day of the week. And so that the inclusion of that detail from Brett, for whatever reason, lended some credibility to his story just because I had heard that random fact before. Or, well, don't eat meat. Like, of course, Catholics mm -hmm. think particular types of animals aren't really meat, uh, along with some other things. But uh, that, went a, that went a long way. So including that little factoid. Uh, uh, helped which it's not so much a factoid as as it is the crux of your story so yeah really <laughs> it is right yeah. so uh so yeah that's that's how i came to the conclusion that it was uh brett telling the truth amazing well, that was great uh your analysis was dead on um <laughs> through its wrongness it became correct it became correct <laughs> so that's scarily two wins for the guesser uh and i have never guessed so i don't know how hard it actually is if you guys are just you know, saying like, oh, it was a great job, it was close, but this, or if if this is an easy game, or if I just suck at writing because I have lost both times. This one so, felt close to me for what it's worth. I'm not being facetious. I do think that like, it does kind of come down to, ultimately a lot of what it comes down to is just like the smell test. It's like Burger King had the Whopper and Whoppers. It's crazy enough to be true, but just something about that. I'm just like, I don't know. But then Brett said fish delight. And I'm like, that's real. That's, that's real. It wasn't real. It was never real. I told you these things were true. <laughs> I said it. I said it every single time. Yeah. And this is true. <laughs> yeah. That's my tell. That's like my tell when I'm, uh, when I'm the one like doing the stories. It's like, if I say it, it's true. It's true. That's how you always know. <laughs> that's my that's my tell. I have a tell for when I'm not lying. <laughs> yeah. You can tell I'm being truthful when I tell you I'm being truthful. That's how you know you can trust me. So I guess with that, it's best to start wrapping it up. And I think, Aaron, since you guessed correctly, it is your turn to choose who's going to guess next week. For me, this is an easy call. He's putting a lot of work writing two. Excellent stories already. Terrible stories. Two excellent stories already. Well, in fairness, <laughs> back back in fairness, I lost last week too. We lost together as a team. Hold on a second. Because no, wait, we won. No, wait, we lost. Yeah, I think there's only one. There can only there's be only one. one. Yeah, the guesser is the say, winner. I keep saying I lost because people spot the bullshit in mine every no, time. No, because last, maybe cause last, last, last week you told you, the, you the truth. Told the truth. Yeah, but it was like easy for Brett to guess. And then this time mm -hmm. I told a lie. It's easy for you to So I think we I think what we decided was that the guesser, <laughs> it's the guesser, the guesser. can yeah, win I or lose. Losing. I just feel like a loser. Well, next week you'll have a chance to change that on Trust Don't Verify when Carter goes up to the batting guess spot for the first time.
Yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hootie hoo. Hootie hoo. Hootie hoo. And, and, and a great hootie hoo to everyone. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be back next time. It was a lot of fun. And maybe I'll be the first person to actually lose when I guess incorrectly next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 Uh.